It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to SEN Fridays at the Top End. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin. We will love your listing. Raf, Robbie joining us again as always. Raf, how's your week, mate? Yeah, good, mate. Another good week. Uh, the boys got a good win on the weekend. Uh, we were challenged by Pints, but we um, responded after half time and got another win on the board. So Still undefeated? Yeah, mate. Things are going well. So, yeah, got a bit of cheek from a few Pints guys over the weekend saying, oh, you're stacking your side so you can win a premiership. And, yeah, <laughs> I didn't want to get it, dive in too deep and tell them what we've spoken about on here before, mate. But... Yeah, they had a few beers under their belt, so I don't think they would have listened to anything I said. So, nah. Have you been playing, mate? I played the last two, and then um, once again on the weekend, I, you know, it was for no need. I probably <laughs> over lunch and uh, give it a little nick in the hemi again, my favourite injury. So, yeah, I'll sit the next couple out, mate, and rest up and come back after Christmas. Fair enough. It's much easier coaching from the bench, isn't it, than on the field? Robbie, what's been happening in your world? No, nah, not a whole lot. Did the uh, SEN commentary game on the weekend, St. Mary's Tiwi, so that was something different. Um, yeah, besides that, nothing much else. What's on this weekend? I've got the district's uh, St. Mary's game, so I'm pretty wrapped with that. Um, should be a really good game out there, and both sides are named strong, um, strong teams. Rob, clear your weekend schedule for late May, early June, because the AFL returns to Darwin with the Gold Coast Suns hosting Western Bulldogs first up, and then Adelaide the following weekend. A double header, just like last year. Did you go to the games last year, Rob? Uh, yeah, I was away for the North one, but I went to the Hawks one. Um, and yeah, Suns are very, uh, very strong in Darwin. It's a nice little setup. Do you like that back-to-back? thing that they've got going where it allows them to really embrace the Territory community and stay up here for a, a bit of an extended stint. It allows all the Territory boys that are on Gold Coast list mm. to have that sort of break in between the season. Um, I really like that back-to-back setup. What about yourself? Yeah, I really liked it. I went to um, a couple of Suns trainings and the Suns boys were pretty good. I took my son down and yeah. he went down and got some autographs on his footy cards and all that. And um, a lot of the boys are really welcoming to the Territory community. So I don't mind the setup, and I like the fact that there were some Bulldogs as well mm. because last year they had those bottom sides and they smashed them, and now they've got a side in that around that 6-10 to 10 mark that they could really beat up in Darwin. I'd be backing them to beat Bulldogs up here. Bulldogs also had that traditional link with the Territory. They played a lot of home games. When I was a kid growing up, they were the team that mm. tried to embrace uh, the Territory as their home team. Do you think the Territory crowd, Raf, is now embracing the Gold Coast Suns? I wrote on my Facebook page about... They have to be every Territorian second team, just with the plethora of Territory players on the list and now how they're embracing our community. Yeah, definitely, especially when they're spending that week at a time up here and, you know, playing two games back-to-back. Um, you know, I don't think we've ever had that. So seeing that mm. last year was um, awesome in itself. I was lucky enough to, you know, be a special comments on the commentary team for those both games. So, you know, that was good to see. And, you know, to see any Territory boy play live, doesn't mm. matter who who he's playing for is, is always good to see. So, you know, to get that opportunity again this year. Um, and now we've got six or seven yeah. at, at the Gold Coast. You know, the, they're all big families. Territory families are normally big families. So, Well, they've just added an Anderson and a Long. Yeah, so. there you go. And that's um, some big families there. That's some of the bigger families getting around. So, um, no, nah, it's definitely my second team. Um, it used to be GWS. Um, 
But um, yeah, I don't think St Kilda are still my number one anymore. <laughs> so, uh, so maybe them too. Yeah, there was definitely it was definitely an interesting article as well from the NT News um, put up a you know a, an option about playing Gold Coast versus Essendon in the territory, mm. and I thought that would have been a really good one, but. Both sides, of the Territory Boys for the Bombers are definitely pretty young. Um, I thought it was a good argue, article with good intent, but, you know, Gold Coast, if they have an Essendon home game at, at the Suns, it's going to be, it's going to take a lot of money to get them yeah. to, to withdraw that. Yeah. Going to say it might have been a bit idealistic, like as in yeah. Essendon are one of the big four clubs still and dragging yeah. one of those up for a home game. I know we in 2020 we were allowed to do that, but that was through COVID, a little bit of a different sort of situation. Yeah. The NT Gov's definitely going to chuck in money if, if they want that option to happen. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Hey, back to you, Raph. Joel Jeffrey is, we've spoken about Jed Anderson and Ben Long, and we sort of haven't touched on Malcolm Moses yet, but Joel Jeffrey, how high do you rate him as a footballer? He was one of the most talented young Territorians that I've seen come through the draft system. He had a five-goal breakout game last year against the Western Bulldogs and was pretty impressive up in Darwin too, kicked that highlight reel. Goal, where is his potential as a player? Oh, it's, it's really up to Joel. I, mm. I, do, I rate him very highly as well because he's, he's that... You know, six two, six yeah. three size where it's a hard matchup. So if you put a big on him, Versatile. he might be too quick. Mm. Um, if you go with a small, he's going to he's going to outmark him and outrun him um, for his size. So yeah, he and that's the best thing about it. Like he's that third string tall for the um, the Gold Coast, I believe. Mm. When he played up here, anyway, he was, and you know, he's going to get the third tall defender, which he can outmark, outrun um, the pace and. Yeah, hopefully he puts in a big preseason and he, he just goes another step forward because he, he's got all the potential in the world. And you would think this year too with Ben King coming back into the team that it could even help Joel further, yeah. uh, taking less pressure off him. Robbie, Malcolm Roses is another Territorian who I thought had a pretty good year last year. He Normally when a player makes it in the AFL, they start having really good performances in the VFL and that's what he did. He was having those 20 disposals, three or four goal performances, had a 30 disposal game in the VFL and then I think his form started to translate at AFL level midway through the season. Do you think he finds a spot in Gold Coast best 22 this year um, and really solidifies his position as an AFL player? I think that Isaac Rankin leaving the club opens a little bit of a, not hole, but more space for him up in that forward line. Yeah, I definitely do. Um, he's definitely one of those really talented kids that come through the program um, and come through NT football. And he was one of Buff's best players, probably at 16, um, probably in their best five to seven sort of players. And yeah, I really hope he does. And Essendon obviously offered him that lucrative contract mm. as well. Um, I think it was a three-year deal or a four-year deal. So obviously there's some insight that he's going to be a very good player. Yeah, I would have to double-check my information, but I think one of his good VFL games was against the Bombers, and that's normally yeah, how their yeah. recruiters get a bit of a look. Yeah. Hey, a representative game was announced during the week with the NTFL going to play a couple of waffle teams. The women will face Claremont, and the men are set to face South Fremantle. Raf, pretty exciting news. Obviously, it's now the third year in a row that the rep team has been back. Do you wish there were more representative games when you were dominating the NTFL for St. Mary's? And do you like this representative game concept? Yeah, mate, it, it definitely gives you something to look forward to. Um, you know, it, it rewards the best players in the comp, and that's something that doesn't happen enough, or especially when I started playing senior footy. I think the representative footy came to a complete halt. Because um, mm, so, of the thunder. Yeah, and I, I never got a chance to play in an NTFL representative game. It's one of those things that you're like, oh, maybe could have, mm. should have. Um, and when they announced it that first year, I think I was on the way out, and I was like, oh, maybe I'll get a, an invite <laughs> as a, you know, as a, an old, um, invitational. The bench, yeah. invitational. Um, they gave. Oh, Cammy was still getting the kick. I thought I was still getting enough kicks, but I think the injuries, um, you know, held me back a bit. So I missed out on that opportunity. But 
It's definitely great for Territory Footy and to bring all the best players together, mm. um, showcase our talent together. Um, it's definitely awesome for the Territory. So Rob Raff has had a distinguished football career, played at the AFL, played in grand finals. We can't talk about that stuff, and, and you're a step forward on me being an NTFL premiership player, but I think the representative game gives an opportunity to say you're very, very good local players like your Jared Stokes, Braden McLean, players like that, and it's something that they'll look back on when they finish their career as maybe their best honour, their top honour. What do you think, Rob? Yeah, I definitely reckon it's a good concept, bringing it back. Um, I think a criticism I did have previous years, I think one year they had probably 11 or 12 Southerners, mm. which I think is probably tipping it. Um, I have come up, Clarky, with a 35-man squad that we could announce as well. That's without, <laughs> Yeah, I've got a 35-man squad, bought at work during the week, you know. Uh-huh. Everything's slowing down at work. But I've also seen that uh, Mark Motlop and Gray Morris have been announced as the reps. So mm. Mark Motlop will be the chairman of selectors for the men, and Gray Morris will do that for the women. Yeah, Mark, Mark Motlop. I might have to um, play a couple of prem <laughs> games and put my hand up because uh, <laughs> Uncle Mark would look after me. Oh, mate. <laughs> I think it's in good hands with Mark Motlop as the selector. Not too sure about the women's one, but I'm sure that Gray will get the help that he needs to pick that side. Mm-hmm. Hey, do you think they'll win again? Yeah, I sort of think so, but that, uh, the, it depends on those, what South Frio bring. The other clubs haven't really brought their best sides and haven't risked it. Mm. So there was a flogging last year in the women's game, wasn't it? The women's yeah. is... um Yeah, that's what I've argued with people. So, like, the NTFL women's isn't too far off the Waffle and nah. VFL and the SANFL levels. So, you know, I don't know if they're picking a... Yeah, that's why I think in the women's they can afford to pick a few young girls. Yeah. They don't have to pick the absolute best 22. Give, you know, some of them 18s girls a chance to play. It's definitely a balancing act, Rob, between mm. being competitive and picking, you know, exposing those young local players to a game like this. But I agree. I think you'd rather have a competitive game or a team where, you know, the NTFL loses by 10 points, but every team, everyone's a local, than, say, we get a 60-point win or a 70-point win and it's full of very credentialed interstate players. Plenty to come. We will talk about your rep side, who you think should play in that game or at least be in the squad. We'll go through the good, bad and the ugly, the top end 10 and all of that. Plenty more to come on SEN Fridays in the top end. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin, finding a place to write your next chapter. It's now time for Good, Bad and Ugly on Fridays in the top end. Robbie, it is now time for your Good, Bad and Ugly. Yep, so my good St. Mary's. Um, they've bounced back from the early season form, having those early losses. They're still aren't in the clear, though, but mm-hmm. I've got them still finishing third or uh, second or third um, just because of like, the losses they had early in the year. Um, they were still also able to win um, with their weakest side of the year against the gallant Tiwi Bombers. And, you know, an eight-goal win against Tiwi, and they didn't play their best footy. Everything's looking pretty good at the green machine at the moment. So Saints as good as a bit of a cumulative one over the last couple of weeks. It's not so much that they were insanely impressive against the Tiwi Bombers. It was more the fact that they were sort of down in the dumps a little bit, especially maybe after the loss against Pint. And they were, you'd be a brave person to still say that they were your premiership favourites, yet now they've probably put themselves into that position, haven't they? Yeah, they definitely do. Um, and I think they're about third favourite on the booking market, and I think that'll shorten in very soon. Mm. if a bit more smart money goes on them. But I think Saints are really tuning it in. But oh, I think I've seen on the weekend as well, their lower-end players did struggle, yep. um, and the, none of them really stood out to me. So I think that was sort of, yeah. I will say that I do like the look of young Parker Fawcett, I believe his name is, coming into the team. I think he's only 16 or 17 years old, but he's shown a little bit. Obviously, still plenty of development in a young bloke like that. Um, but good to see St. Mary's budding the juniors. Yeah, well, with that as rising well, I think he might have got dropped, eh? Did he get dropped? He's, he wasn't named. I think named. he still in, but he got the rising star as well. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So it's an interesting one with the rising star, because he's under 21. Mitch Musgrove's, what's he, 20? 
Yeah, something like that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. look, mate, we, we, we could talk for 10 minutes Which every week about this. Uh, but anyway, yeah, yeah. Hurt yeah. oh, anyway. Um, you're bad. My bad's the flying rule. Let's scrap it. It's under it's yeah. under police if clubs want to spend. Oh, if clubs want to spend up, let them. As long as they uh, don't lean on the financial assistance from the league, because that has happened before. Clubs have put themselves in holes and then asked for more money from the league. They're worried about local kids playing. They could make a rule that each side has to have two or three, year, like 20 years or under kids playing, extend the bench out to be uh, five. I'd be happy for something around that or like a minimised points. If you do play a kid under 20, get one point taken off up to two two players. Um, because the, the confusion around the flying rule now is just, I think it's laughable and we don't have the, the people at the NTFL to police it anymore, I don't feel. Well, how do the clubs, I suppose... So you're saying that there's not enough people to govern this rule and that's causing a lot of the issues? Yeah, I think so. And, like, everyone lives lives their life. Blokes go back down south for a bit mm. and then they, you know, come back after Christmas and then that's classified as not being here and then blokes are doing dodgy getting driver's licences but they're yeah. living in Victoria. And Was the rule created to equalise the comp or to curb spending? <sighs> I, I think it could have been some of both. I think there might have been something with Wanderers, maybe, but don't quote me on that. But I know Wanderers and a few other clubs did spend up and then didn't have the money to, yeah, and had to get back. What's more the money. solution in the future that if that happens? Tough luck. I think the solution in the future might be something if they do book it through the NTFL could be an option, but that's mm. another. You'd have to have someone doing that. Um, all the yeah, all the solution is you do lend out money to footy clubs and then they have to pay back or whatever else. But I think they've got to be a lot more stricter on it um, and finding a way not to dig these clubs out of holes that put them in holes. Because I'm hearing now there's a couple of clubs still in holes mm. as it is with the fly-in rules in place now. So I don't think it's curbed it at all. But I think now, like a couple of the sides on the weekend, I think there's been a bit of criticism about who's actually flying in for these different clubs. And don't know if that affected Palmy on the weekend. And they, there's a couple of players mm. that could have been under question, so they might have pulled out because of that reason. I don't know. But it definitely looked like they were shocked on the weekend. The league might be listening to Ruff's rage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, and you're ugly. Ugly's Wanderers. Um, I thought they were a chance on the weekend. Home, mm. get, home game against the side they beat in the finals last year. Um, they ended up losing by eight goals, but they only scored two goals to three-quarter time. 18 months ago, the club said, and the newly appointed coach had said, their short and long-term goal was sustained finals and a step to go one better, perhaps meaning better than the third they'd finished the year before under Shannon Motlop. Now they're sitting... What are they, 7th or 8th in the Prems? They're sitting 8th in Prems reserves with one win. They're bottom in the 18s. Their 16s are in the in the 16s Div 2 now. I can't see where the improvement is going to come from. If I'm the NTFL, I'd, I'd be probably concerned about them as the number one sort of club. They need to beat Palmy this week. Um, it's a must because uh, they've got a three-week break now uh, over Christmas because they've got the bye next week. Interesting, Rob. You've gone with a bit of a whole club approach there, bringing in the other grades, because I was going to say that uh, perhaps Palmerston could have been the ugly, but that's going to be a big game, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's going to be a massive game. Um, I was actually leaning towards Wanderers winning that, but mm. judging from what Palmy have named, Palmy have named a pretty good side, and I think there's a few Wanderers players underdone. I think Stevie Modlop's significantly yeah, injured. Yeah, you can tell by his stats so, um, the last couple of weeks. Yeah, he's just got he's, he has to get through this week and then have his three weeks off because they do have that three-week break now, Wanderers, after this week. Yeah, definitely needs a break. I saw Stephen limping around the airport hotel on a Sunday after the footy one time and he honestly looked like an old man. He was mm. looked the sorest person in that whole club and there's some pretty sore people in that club sometimes. But yeah. plenty more to come here on SEN Fridays at the top end. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin. We will love your listing. Welcome back to SEN Fridays at the top end. Thanks to Rain and Horn, Darwin. We will love your listing. Robbie, it is now time for the NTFL Power Rankings. Do you want to get started with... Let's start at nine. 
Nine's Tiwi. Um, they had a better game on the weekend, playing some local development um, into those kids, but I've got Tiwi at nine. Good to see Dion Mankara with 27 <coughs> disposals. He's one of the best players in the comp when he's up and running. Eight. Eight is Nycliffe at the moment. That's um, huge, Rob. It is huge, um, especially having Wanderers and Pyant above them um, as well. But, yeah, Nycliffe, I, I do think they can turn it around a bit and maybe play finals, but they're not going to make the top three now. Mm. So you think that they're the eighth worst team in the comp? Sorry, the eighth best team in the comp at the moment? At the moment, yeah. And I don't see them beating Nycliffe this week. And then they've, I think they've versed Palmy next week. And if Palmy load up, it could be season over. And there could be we could have a massive news story next, news story next week, mate. Could be very interesting. Mm. Seven. Seven's Wanderers. Um, so they're just, yeah, going about their business down there. Yeah, give them a whack before. So <laughs> probably can <laughs> have a break them. for a while. <laughs> yeah. Six. Uh, six is points. So, so a big win on the weekend. Yeah, big win. And if they win this week, they go into the five. Um, very consistent side. Just play the... Oh, you know, they they never give up. I wouldn't say they play the four quarters because they do have quarters where they get blown out, but they keep fighting. Yeah, I thought on the weekend Brock Carter was really good. He's been a very good player for them this year, and Paddy Doyle has continued his excellent season in defence. Hey, they have Tiwi and Saints in the next two weeks, so they should win at least one of those games mm. and go into the break four wins and a draw. That's certainly better than what we expected, isn't it? Yep, better than the one win I predicted. So <laughs> <laughs> I was just off. Yeah, I, I was definitely wrong. Raf, is that is that rough for yeah, you? I think you I might have picked them for two. I backed them with their consistency, and they, they, they've got a very good squad. So their consistency, what we spoke about, and they're always going to rock up and ready to go. So hmm. hats off to them so far. Let's go through five really quick. Fives is buffs. Um, so they, yeah, they, they're going okay, but they just haven't beaten those sides above them. So that's why they're number five. Number five bust, but maybe the potential to move a little higher with a couple of big wins. Plenty more to come. We'll get into, Robbie, to your top four after the news. This is SEN Fridays at the top end. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin. SEN Fridays at the top end, 16, 11 a.m. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin. We will love your listing. Rob, we are going through the NTFL power rankings. Do you want to very, very quickly go from nine to five, and then we'll crack into four? Yep, Tiwi. Nine, Nycliffe eight, Wanderers seven, Pints six, and Buffaloes five. Who's four? Four is Palmerston. So we wrote them, I wrote them off when they went out to districts and then they won that one. So I think when they do have their top end players not playing, they do struggle. So I think with a few of them boys back, um, I think Eddie's named and Jetta's named. I don't think they played last week, did they? So those guys in, it's going to help a lot. Up and down like a yo-yo a little bit Palmerston this season, but their best is very, very good. So it's always hard to take them too far out of that top four. Number three. Number three is uh, Districts. Um, obviously winning the game on the weekend that I thought they could lose. And no Matt Dennis as well. And they, they comprehensively beat uh, Wanderers on their home ground day at uh, Tracy Village. Yeah, very mature performance on the weekend. Got the job done. I know there were people that were just waiting to criticise Districts under the loss like that. But they mm. got the job done and were very good. Do you yep. still have them just a touch behind those top two teams? Yeah, I do. But I reckon they could finish second on the ladder, depending on how this week's game goes. Number two. Number two is Waratahs. So Waratahs are in a great position now. They've got the next four games at home. Um, Nycliffe have loaded up against them as well this week and flown in a few. But the Waratahs side does look as strong as I've um, seen it this year. So a very big game that this weekend at number one. Number one, St. Mary's. I just think they're the best side in the comp right now. Um, and I do something to flag as well as I do think they're going to finish third or second. So Waratahs are going to get a box seat to have two qualifying finals go to the granny. But so I'm even predicting a St. Mary's Waratah grand final at the moment with Districts as the other one. Raf, do you have St. Mary's as your best team in the comp? Um, well, they bounced back after their first couple mm-hmm. of losses, mate. So, um, you know, I was a bit worried at the start as well. thought they were going to tap me on the back and push me up the Premier League. But um, <laughs> thankfully, I, I don't have to. Um, but, yeah, the way they responded, um, yeah, they're looking very, very good. Um, 
you know, they got to play a couple of younger guys and, and that on the, in the last couple of weeks as well. So it's good that Chopper's bringing some young kids through to develop with those um, with a really good side. So, so we don't end up in a hole in a couple of years' mm. time. So, no, they're looking really good, mate. I'm happy. Raph, sorry, Rob, we've been around footy our whole lives and we've watched St Mary's dominate year after year. How much of St Mary's being in number one position is based on the fact that they always seem to rise after Christmas and they never seem to disappoint in the finals versus the form and the, the results they're actually producing? I think judging from my days and Raf would be able to put into this as well is that we always sort of trained a lot harder over the Christmas break and there was never any complacency with mm. the club. We wouldn't care if we were top, wouldn't care if we're third. It was always how we're building throughout the year as well as you know, Clark, as well from your experience. And other clubs seem to get ahead of themselves a lot quicker, mm. start writing Facebook statuses and talking themselves up and I just think that's false bravado and St Mary's just always churn it up and they turn that after Christmas and they had, I think they were a bit slack. They had a bad preseason, I reckon. Um, and then they've trained the house down the last six to eight weeks. Just a lot of heavy running in their training. Mm. Um, so they should be peaking. But I do think Waratahs are a genuine threat to them, though. Yeah. Yep. It's been a great season so far. And the way the ladder is shaping up, there's nothing to suggest that that's going to change, isn't it? It should be a very interesting mm. post-Christmas period, Rob. Hey, it is now time for your SEN Top N10. It's now time for the NTFL Top End 10 with Jackson Clark and Rob Hale. Ooh, one of the most popular segments on this show, SEN Fridays in the Top End. Hey, let's start at number 10. This, to me, looks like a new entrant. Yeah, new entrant. So you got Scooter Carlin from uh, Waratahs. Tell us about him. So he's a new player. I don't know, know him because he wasn't there last year when I was coaching at Tars, but he's come from Geelong VFL. Mm. <laughs> um he just continues to rack up numbers. Had 30 again on the weekend. Um, it was probably out of him or Collis. Um, and I think Carlin's probably just been a bit more consistent and performed a, a bit better over the uh, season. Yeah, it was hard to separate both of those two last weekend. They both had very good games. Number nine? Number nine didn't play last week, Eddie Betts. Um, he's just too good when he's mm. in. So like, he was going to come out for um, a couple of other players. But um, let's keep him in and see if he plays this week. So before we go any further, we've named nine and ten. Our top seven were fairly solidified this week. Just to go a little bit more in-depth into our discussions, our top seven we were fairly sold on, and then eight, nine, ten you could sort of throw around a bit. There's a couple of players from, you know, 11, 12, 13, 14 that also could have been in that conversation. Yep. Who's number eight? Number eight is Matty Dennis. So keeps his spot. Yep, keeps his spot after not playing last week, which is risky, but he is a very dominant player, um, and he goes up against Ryan Smith, and I know Ryan Smith's pretty keen to... Um, to equal that score ledger with him um, as well and gets really up for um, games against Matty Dennis. Oh, I love the enthusiasm and competitiveness, but I don't know if I'd be looking forward to running <laughs> around with Matty Dennis. Yeah, it's how he goes, big source. Number seven? Number seven is Eddie Morris. So he's just been their consistent player, um, number one consistent player at Tars. And when he, does, um, when he doesn't get high possessions, he's really good defensively with a lot of tackles and one percenters. Yeah, he was quite impactful on the weekend against Buffaloes. And you're right. When I first saw him, I thought he was a crafty half-forward with good skills, one that you know might slip under the radar a little bit, and that he is. However, it's his tackling and his hard stuff, the one-percenters that he's done over the last couple of weeks that has really elevated his game. Number six. Number six is Stephen Motlop. So Steve is carrying that injury, so he's sort of struggling, but 
his best is good enough and his best is the best in the league. But mm. just sort of wanting him to get through to that bye before, you know, I don't really want to take him out of the top eight. <laughs> I think he just needs that three weeks and get him there for that three-week break, I reckon. Yeah, I'm with you. It's too hard to take a bloke like that out when he's pulling out 28 disposals, six goal games and stuff like that. But mm. he does look like he's struggling a little bit at the moment with the with his injuries. Yep. Number five. Number five is Nate Paredes. So he had another good game on the weekend, um, captain's game, um, and just got out the back a few times, and they missed him a few times. But, yeah, he was really outstanding on the weekend again. Pretty easy, comfortable 30 disposal game. Just another another day at the office for Nate. Yeah, and a couple of goals as well. A couple so, of goals. Yeah, that was good from him. No doubt a few score involvements, I can imagine. Yep. And number four. Number four is Mitch Robinson. Um just, yeah, doesn't really have a bad game. bit more of that um, inside link sort of dish it out or clearance player. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not the cream like Jared Stokes is, but he's just getting it done every week and very consistent. Just on that, how far off would Jared Stokes be from this top 10? I know he had four, disp- four goals on the weekend. Four disposals wouldn't be anything to write home about, but four goals from the midfield certainly is. And I thought that he was the best player on the ground against the top team in the comp. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a Cheney medalist, and we all know, I don't think there'd be any arguments on this table that Jared Stokes' best is probably a top three, top five player in the competition. So how far is he away? I think he started to produce his best um, you know, on a couple of occasions this season, especially last week. What does he have to do to crack in? I think he's got to be more consistent. Um, and, and that's sort of not the what the player he is either. He sort of comes in and out and flashy. If I was to say, like, the most impactful player in the comp, I'd have him at number one because when he's on, Buffs do look a lot better side. But You um, want to see Buffs win more, don't you? I definitely do. And, like, yeah, they're just... They are that fourth or fifth-ranked side, and I just don't know how they, what they're going to do that's going to change my mind that they're going to be a top-three side this year. Fair enough, but I do think that Jared Stokes may change your mind at one point this year and be a top ten player in this comp. It has so. caused a bit of conversation on your oh, has. on your chats, mate, on on the page. So we had to justify it, right? Yeah, so yeah. Jared, Jared, thereabouts, he's he's one that I'd like to see get in there sooner rather than later. Yeah, apart from the great Ross Tunga Talon, there's probably not a better highlight reel in the comp sometimes yeah. than what Jared Stokes can. Do number three. Number three is Baxter Mensch. So, so he has, swapped a spot. Yeah, he's the lowest he's been this year, yep, I think. Number three, but he's holding pretty steady in that top five. And if you're comparing, you know, these guys all in the top five, they're all average over thirty disposals. And Jared Stokes and players like that are just a lot like they're low twenties, but they're impactful. Um, but Baxter Mensch just keeps getting it done. But that might change because I have heard that he could be going to, uh, you know, a VFL side for for a preseason. Thirty-seven disposals and eight clearances again in his team's loss. I think I've said it before, but every time I see Palmerston, especially when they have these losses, I'm like, oh, it'll be interesting to see the stats here. See what Baxter Mensch had. See if he had a quiet game finally, and he's yeah. always 30-plus. He's just a workhorse, isn't he, Rob? Yeah, it definitely is, and you can't knock a bloke that keeps racking up those no. disposals. But as the season goes on, if Palmy drop off, he could find himself dropping down a tad as well. Yeah, I think his start of the season means that he solidifies his spot for probably a little while longer, but you're right. I do agree with you. Speaking of racking up disposals, this man had 40 disposals on the weekend. Number two. Yeah, number two, Dill Lant. Um, I feel stupid now three weeks ago. I think it was about four weeks ago I did take him out of the top end 10 after he didn't play against Nycliffe, and he was mentioned at the footy club, um, at St. Mary's Footy Club, that is, when I went there to have a beer with his brother-in-law. Um, yeah, his missus wasn't happy. Um, so, yeah, but I had to bring him back in, but, geez, he's been good the last three weeks because um, he didn't play that Nycliffe game, obviously. Land might be using that as motivation. He might have been listening back to the show, doing well, a workout. The Saints media team put up a comparison with him and Mench. And I that, like that. And at, at that stage, Mench was sitting one, and I think Lant was five or six, and Lant was obviously clearly best on that day as well. 
Well done, Saints media team. I hope they continue to poke the bear. Do one this week with Smith and Dennis, I reckon. That'd be yeah. a good one. Um, so he also finished with 12 inside 50s and a couple of goals. Dill Lant. Is he a Nichols medal chance this year? Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know. Only Nate would be taking votes off him. I think mm. the other guys like Green and Long, Long they don't and the defenders. They, they won't uh, poll that well. It's definitely a Nichols chance now that um, Motlop's sort of slowed down. And yeah, I, I whack him right in that frame. I think he should bleach his hair again like when he first came up. That would definitely attract the votes. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Number one. Number one's Brody Philo. So he did have the bye on the weekend, but um, he's just – his best is, you know, the best in the competition. He's a 70-metre player, runs with a footy, kicks at 55. Um, Butcher would love leading out – or not even leading out. Just mm. Philo just puts it where he, where he needs to go. Um, but he, he does need a big game this week against Waratahs and a must-win game for their football club. Interesting. So the bloke at number one, you've got the t- his team and the power rankings are number eight. So you're big on the theory that you want the teams to win. You know, there's Jared Stokes and a couple of Buffalo's boys being held out and other players in the team. So mm. I'm going to put the pressure on Brody Filer. I reckon he needs at least a 30-plus game to hold that number one spot with Dylan Lant and Baxter Mench, of course, just behind him. Hey, I love that top ten. Very good. Let's talk really, really quickly. I'm not too sure. I'm probably putting you on the spot here, but some of the names that missed out. I know Luke Smith for Southern yep. Districts has had a really good season. Jared Stokes, is there anyone else that springs to mind? Maybe uh, Matt, a Collis? Yeah, Dil, Dil Collis has been really good. Um, and Matty Green and Ryan Nyhouse yep. as well are the guys on the outside. Um, it's just that those guys... Um, Magro, another good game on the weekend, would be yeah, thereabouts. Yeah, Magro would be very stiff as well. Um, but I'd like to see Magro go well this week on Nathan Brown. Nathan Brown mm. kept him to one goal five weeks ago. So let's see if he can actually um, get on the scoreboard this week. Cool. So, Rob, we will go to a break very, very soon. But you have done a little bit of a mock NTFL representative team. So while we're talking about some of the good players in the comp, I thought we'll go through team by team some of the players. And that's how you have structured it, right? You've done it team by team. Yep. So let's go through – we might as well go backwards from the power rankings. Do Tiwi Bombers have anyone that get this get a gig? I've got Benel and Mankara in my 35-man yep. squad so far. Um, Nycliffe. Yep. Go I've got Nyhouse and Philo, the only two, so no Wilson. Mm-hmm. Um, his form just hasn't been to scratch. Wanderers have only got Taylor, McLean, O'Connell and uh, Stevie Motlop. That's still a decent haul. Four players. For Four players. I've taken seven. out... You know, I don't have Newman, so... Okay, so that's the big one. That's the big one that I didn't pick in the 35, and I, I, don't, I don't think they're not going to pick him, but it's mm. just my opinion. I didn't have him in there. Yeah. Uh, Pints, I've gone with Doyle and Carter. Um, and there's also got a bloke on the back flank named McMahon who actually goes all right, but he's not in the squad. Um, but Doyle and Carter have been good. Maybe unlucky to that. Shot is his name? The yeah, Glenelg Shot. Fella. Yep, Shot as well could be one on the outside that might be considered as well. Anyone for Buffs getting a gig? If he takes his shot. Um, <laughs> Buffalo's, the two Stokes brothers and Mitch Robinson's all I've got for the Buffs. Yeah. Um, and then who else have I got here? Palmerston. Palmerston. Kalahisi, Hams, Mench and Treacy. So well, Palmerston, if you allow their flying players, they've probably got about 12 that make it, really. But how does that work? Is Eddie Betts going to wear an NTFL jumper this year? Is is Neville Jett going to be running off the halfback flank? Or I think some of those, they're all flying in, aren't they? Like, yeah. I well, think the, Betts the, maybe, oh, who knows with Betts. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. But I think Matty Dennis, they might need to fly Matty Dennis in for it unless they're going to back, uh, back in Carter from the Pints and then bring in someone like a Kirby mm. as a backup ruckman. I don't know who you guys think is the second or third. question, isn't it, with the yeah. NTFL, if, do you... Do you pick fly-ins as well? Like it's, it's, it's. You could talk all day about it. Well, it's sort of like mm. what we touched on earlier, where we want to, we want to see as much local players, yeah, as many local players playing as possible. To put their yep. hand up and maybe get the clubs down south to, to notice them. Mm. Yeah, I'm always for the kids as well, but I, the, the youngest two players are Fijo and Salmon that I've got in the squad. I can't find anyone else 
younger that's performing. Mm. And the theory behind these games too are to expose territory talent. I mean, it's all well Mm. and good getting a win, but I would feel more proud as a Territorian, I suppose, having an all-local team come out and win by 10 points than, like I said before, having a bunch of players, you know, that were born in Victoria, yeah, or (laughs) XAFL types that come up here and and that. I get if you're committed, like a Brody Philo type who's moved up here and relocated and living, that's fine. If you've relocated and you're living up here, um, that's all good. But I would even like to see if it's a 50-50 line ball decision between, say, a, a bloke who's in his first year in Darwin from Victoria versus a guy who's had, you know, five or six really semi-consistent seasons um, as a local. I'd rather see him give the nod to the second guy. Rob, let's push on. Southern Districts? Southern Districts. I've got Driscoll, Bowden, Shannon, Smith, Fijo, Dennis. So Fijo is one of those young players to bring in. His form probably justifies it, though. Waratah? Waratahs is Carlin, Dill Collis, Morris, Magro, and Hope. Mm. So no O'Dwyer and no, uh, who is it? Uh, um, what's his name? The skipper, um, Brody Carroll. <laughs> but Brody Carroll pulled out last year because he didn't didn't want to play. Your assistant coach last year, mate. What's the skipper's name? Yeah, I know. I just, I just, yeah. When you know all these names, when you're going through a list of 500 players. <laughs> no, I guess, yeah, I guess yeah. I, I forgot about Brody there. So Brody, but yeah, Brody pulled out last year and didn't want to play. So yeah, that's why I sort of didn't put him in because I was struggling for spots. Yeah, fair enough. Um, St Mary's. St Mary's. I've gone uh, Green Parnell. Paredes, Lant, Salmon, Calder, Long. So I have added Jacob Long in there. Um, so, yeah, that's the St. Mary's squad. Awesome. So, so do you Salmon think... and Long are the two youngest with Fijo. I think they're all 20. I wouldn't have any arguments about putting Salmon and Fijo in the team, though. No, nah, definitely good not. It would be good to have a 16, 17-year-old, but I don't know who's performing at that level to be picked. Yeah, well, last right, year yeah. you had Lloyd Johnston, didn't you? Mm. Yeah, so Lloyd I'm not Johnston. too sure who they would have had this year. And I don't yeah, think he right. was in the best 30 either. So they did they did push him in a bit. Mm. Which um, which we like to see, don't we? Yeah. like a, a, There's a kid at Southern Districts, Rollins, who I like, but he hasn't yeah. played a game this year. And he's at Norwood. So, mm. um, yeah. But yeah, I would like to find one or two boys that are under 18 to put in there. Yeah, of course. Plenty more to come. That's it from me this morning. A couple more weeks of the school term left that... Should be a lot of fun. Raf and Robbie, the show is in good hands with you guys. This is SEN Fridays at the top end, 16, 11am. Thanks to Rain and Horn, Darwin. We will love your listening. Welcome back to SEN Fridays in the top end. We will love your listing. So, Raf, we'll just go over some development stuff. Um, talk about, yeah, that's not having those kids that, that are sort of coming through the paper at you to pick as like 17, 18 19-year-olds. Um, from your era, was there much difference um, with players that were available in your time when that was happening? Yeah, I think um, I think the lucky thing we had coming through, uh, not only did we have the NT Thunder rep sides, but the NTIS, and that picked sort of like mm. a, a group of 30-year kids um, in that 16 to 18 mark where they'd, you know, you'd be doing the extra trainings, what they do with the Thunder program now. Um, and getting you ready for for senior footy and and, and the draft stages, or mm. even to go further with your footy. And yep. now with the Thunder system in place, um, you know I, Brent Renoff is doing a really good job in his first year. Um, and now he's got Michael McLean, you know that Majo um, helping him out. And I seen the kids running um, a three k time trial around Marara on Monday, I think last week. And yep. I bumped into Brent Renoff, and he said it's the earliest they've ever started the the training. Mm. Um, getting them ready. So they're sort of mirroring an AFL preseason, um, and all the other VFL teams and all that down south have already started their preseason. So, you know, when you talk development um, in the territory, it's not like it's um, been missing by miles, but like, well, like you say, there's 
what do we have? Four players drafted. Uh, a lot of them went down to boarding school. Mm. You know, um, I think when we came through, there was like three or four of us got drafted straight out of the territory. Um, myself, Tambling, yeah, Xavier. Um, who else was there? Anthony Corey, Jared Brennan. Yeah. And we all came through that NCIS um, st- uh, that program I spoke about. So, um, you know, there was, a, there was a, I don't know whether it was, you know, there was a hole, but with the NT Thunder setup, it, it sort of gave kids more opportunity to be noticed. But whether they were doing the, the work because you're playing NTFL um, and, and yeah. dodge, you know, juggling training and not want to overload people, but I just, I just think the, the the players you mentioned back then were dominating NTFL level footy. Yep. Right now, there's no kids that are 16, 17. I watch Richard Tamblyn. I was, you know, helping out my old man when he was coaching and that. And um, I watch Richard Tamblyn as a 16 year old. He was the best player at Southern Districts. Yep. You don't have those players now at that level. Yeah. Um, and you know, but now we've got the inclusion of those sort of. Um, those academy picks, we sort of do. I think it does get a little bit inflated with the players getting picked up because I think back in the day, if you were just doing a draft pick, I don't know if we would have had as many picked up yeah. as as back in those days. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a massive thing, and obviously Thunder have to deal with the issue of having um, having that break, having the the players playing over the Christmas yeah. break and in that off season. Yep. So. I don't know how they juggle that and with the clubs because the clubs can be very um, bouncy, um, very shady with the NTFL as well with the uh, Thunder program. Yeah, definitely, and trying to hold black blokes back and or, or keep them to themselves. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's, um, it, yeah. And see, it, and it all depends too, like because it's a big pull from you know and parents themselves um, over the last few years. I think they've all backed themselves to mm. not back themselves, but they uh, relied more on boarding schools and sending their kids away. You look at the Davy twins. You know, they both went down and boarded the last three years. Um, now yeah. they're both on a Essendon's list, whether that's you know, helped them. But they had the father-son option as well. But they had to obviously develop and still be good football players, which they both yeah. very are. It'd be a very high percent, right? So, yeah. It'd be 80, 80, 90% of kids and that I, get drafted now. I think maybe away. you might have more of a say on it, but do you think mm. more kids are sort of thinking they have to go boarding school these days for a better opportunity? Um, I, I think so, yeah. Yeah, I, I, um, I definitely feel that as well. And it's it's, it's not, I, I'm not I'm not saying it's not ideal, but, you know, every parent has their own opinion about it. But like back yeah. when we were coming through, like my old man said if you're good enough you you do the work you can get drafted from anywhere and, and that's I, think, I believe that's yeah. that's still the truth um if you're good enough and you put in the work and you and you're committed to getting there um you can get you can get drafted from anywhere and you look at blokes that you know remote players that you know Liam Giles and those types so you know they they never went to no boarding school but they got drafted and um, yeah I think, I think some of those blokes I think we need more we need to focus more on that 15 year old 15 to 19 year old and having 15 blokes in that academy, yeah. sort of the way that the NTIS system used to work. So they only had about 15 kids yeah. in that, but they were all the topping kids. You'd done your weights, and you're classified as an NTIS player. So, for example, if I was to get a senior coaching job, I'd probably, my best few kids, I'd probably let Thunder have Sunday through to Wednesday, and then yeah. I have them Thursday and then the weekend. Yeah, definitely. I'd be happy, I'd be happy and open. I'd trust Renoff and the program that he's running, that that would be adequate and that'd be the best for the kid for their preparation for the Thunder season. But I don't think any other clubs are thinking like that. Nah, definitely not. And and when you mentioned the the, the quality of, you know, um, McLean and um, Renoff, a premiership player, mm. you know, McLean, a 300-plus uh, AFL player, the, the experience and knowledge there alone, you know, the, for the kids coming through, I'd, I'd if I had a 15, 16-year-old son right now, I'd be putting him in, in there with them and getting them as much time as possible with that. 
yeah, that and, crew. And some parents, like, they want their kid to get drafted, but then they don't want to push them up an age group. They'll have a gun for gun thirteen year old that they won't put up to sixteens. Yeah, that's it. Um, and so and you sort of like you, you got to put them up because the quality of football is not as good as down south, and otherwise your kid's just going to stall in that age group. Um, and that ability, they just have to learn to play men's football, and you see it in the waffle, and you see it in the SANFL. Some of the best draft prospects there, blokes that you know went early like your Bryce Gibbs and all those sort of types, and Horn Francis were all standout state league men's footballers yeah, weren't they yeah I think that's a, a great point you make mate um, the earlier you can get your kids playing against men especially up here it's, it, you, you can allow it up here because it's such an outside game mm. um, you know you're a bit, bit worried if you've got a light on frame and you're playing down south as a you know mm. 15, 16 year old and those smaller grounds contested footy is a big big mm. um, thing in, in, in um, southern footy but up here like we're talking about the space and, and the room you get like I when I came through as a 15 year old weighing you know pushing 40 kilos 50 kilos I was allowed to play on a wing on a halfback flank and no one could get near me because I had a bit of toe back then believe it or not um, yeah. <laughs> so you know it was enjoyable playing against men and, and you had the space and room to move so I, I believe you know hopefully more 15 16 year old kids get the opportunity and clubs do push them up and Give them a chance, and then again, it does come back down to the parents um, as yeah. well, wanting them to play that that level. I'll, I'll be definitely, if my son's any good, I'll be definitely pushing him up the grades because um, they need to constantly be challenged. Um, yeah, you shouldn't hold that. anyone back. Shouldn't be holding if, them if, back if, if in any any grade. So if, yeah. if they're too good for sixteen to make them play 18s, if they're still too good for eighteen, twelve, then you put, start putting your hand up for senior footy. Yeah, and the problem is now also with the cutoff date is July. Yeah, so there's more it, kids yeah. that are going to be playing against older kids yeah. and. Um, oh, more kids are going to be playing when they're you know eighteen, 18. and a half, and yeah, in still, the eighteen still. Still dominating. So that 80s. means that in the four, you could have kids in the fourteens that are fourteen and a half, you know, and a half by the yeah. end of the season, almost, or even fifteen. Yeah, that's yes. so. Like I don't know, it sort of throws it out a bit. But and I think um, a few years ago they asked clubs to nominate their own kids for the sixteens. That's right. Yeah. And I think one of the clubs sent through a list of twenty players. Yeah, that's. So even when I won the premiership in um, under eighteens, my first year at Saints, I sent through a list of five players. Yep. And we won the flag, yep. and we beat Wanderers, and Wanderers had a list of what they selected, though, not what Brenton Motlop selected, but the Thunder side selected, and they had 12. Yep. And we beat them by 40 points in the granny. Right, eh? So then, and I think only one of my boys played, but it sort of, yeah, it just depends on the teamwork and how you go as a team, but they definitely had some better individual talent than we did. But, yeah, it's like letting it up to clubs to pick it as well. Do you think something like that now, when you talk about it, do you think that's um, something that if Wanderers had played all those kids back then a bit sooner, that their list, you know, we talk about they've still got a good list, but they're sort of missing, once they fall away from their best 12 or 15 players, you're like, where's the next lot coming from? Yeah, I think some of those kids are really hard to manage. Um, But if you look at it from what's happened last year, so Fiji left, which is a massive loss, Stanley Tipalura left and and uh, John Tipalura left. Yep. But they're both Tiwi boys that went back to Tiwi, but I don't honestly think they were always going to go back. Yeah. I think they just weren't getting opportunities as much. John was in and out. Um, and, yeah, they just I think it has sort of affected them. It's affected the development now, hasn't it? Because, yeah. like you said, a lot of the same players that you played against are there still. Yeah, that's it, mate. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I like, the, I like this chat, mate, and uh, we could talk about it forever. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. But, after the break, Raf will um, go through the game reviews, some good games on the weekend, a um, couple of upsets, and then, uh, yeah, we'll do the previews as well after that. Stay tuned, guys. Listen to SEN Fridays in the top end. 
live on SEN Top End, 16.11am. This is Fridays in the Top End with Jackson Clark, Raf Clark and Rob Hale. For Rain and Horn Darwin, finding a place to write your next chapter. Welcome back to SEN Fridays in the Top End. Rain and Horn Darwin, we will love your listing. So Raf, we'll go through some game reviews uh, from the weekend after that good discussion on some development aspects uh, in the footy and in the NCFL for the future. Um, Tiwi and St. Mary's, I did this game, uh, commentated in the radio, something different there with uh, Dominic McCormick and uh, Natasha Medbury. Um, Saints getting up 108 to 60. Um, Tiwi were good with a largely local base. Uh, Stanley Tipalura was good um, going through the midfield, which I like to see, get him running, because um, he can get a bit slack sometimes, Stanley. Um, and, yeah, get him running, getting him through that midfield because he does have some good skills. Um, Money Mankara, Dion was back to his best. Saints had a weak and, and pretty young side, but they still got the job done, didn't they, Raf? Yeah, mate, and um, we, we played um, before them, so we were sort of missed. We couldn't get over and watch them, so... But, yeah, it would have been good to see because I like the way that we're playing young Tucker. Um, gave him a couple of games and he's got the rising star. So, you know, we talk about, like we just finished talking about development and um, I think it's good to see Tiwi being competitive still with a, mm. a very local-based Tiwi side and not many um, flying. So, you know, to, to put that score up against St. Mary's, who you've ranked as number one at the moment with their form, um, you know, I take my hat off to Brent. I'm not... <laughs> Brenton, I was going yep. to say Brent Reynolds, but Brenton Toy, um, and what he's doing with the Tiwi boys, and you know if they keep that up and, and develop, uh, like we're talking about development again, <laughs> it yeah. seems to be the word of the, yeah. of the moment at the moment. But you know that that Tiwi side can be become anything, and if if you keep that group together, um, you know, and, and and manage them really well, they could be another powerhouse in, in a year or two. Because if we know once Tiwi are on, and not many teams can go with them when they're all on the same page. Yeah, definitely. Um... Because the kids aren't going to get better if they're just going to be over on the islands playing sort of the Tiwi Island Footy League. They yep. need to go to that higher level and yeah, play. Um, and I think that's where we're seeing with Nycliffe now. Um, Nycliffe are sort of looking like they've haven't played the kids, and yeah. they've got they've done all those development programs in the off season, which was great that Dave Barnard done. But for me, it's all it, it just doesn't mean anything if you don't generally play them. Play them. Yeah. They've got one under eighteen kid in this week, but they've dropped Politis so. That's one of their juniors that has come up the ranks. But St. Mary's are able to bleed some kids. T were able to bleed some kids. But um, Stanley, so I know Stanley, but yeah, I was really like the look of Stanley. And uh, Mitchie Musgrove as well was really good for St. Yeah. Mary's, um, kicking two goals and was named fourth best. Um, and he's a versatile player, Mitzi. Mitzi. He sort of plays a bit, you know, he can play anywhere and he can also take a grab as well. Yeah, and he's he's hard and tough and yeah, wi- that wiry type, you know. You get those hard, tough, wiry types and... One minute he gets cops a knock and you think he's not getting back up and then all of a sudden he bounces back up and he's he's in there again. So, but no, it was a, it was a good good result for St Mary's and keeping that winning form, mate. And like I said, hats off to Thierry for um, having a competitive game and putting up a decent score as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, so this is the game that we both tip Wanderers. So Wanderers forty two, Southern Districts eighty nine. So Mazzini was very good. Who's a new recruit for him? That's a backman that's playing forward. Uncle Charlie McAdam was back for his first game of the year, um, son of Gilbert, um, and I seen him at Maybury, and he looked in. Uh, he was, yeah, I think he went well on Saturday at the game, but I think he might have got another three votes at Maybury. Better form later. Yeah, I think he had some good form later on. Um, and Southern Districts really need to get back on the winners list um, after losing at home last week against Magpies. And Wanderers were best served again by their key backs, um, Taylor, McLean. I think Weitra might have played forward a bit more. 
Um, but they did struggle to kick goals. They only kicked six for the game. Had two to three-quarter time. Need to find some avenues to goal. Yeah, and we keep mentioning that every week, don't we, about Wanderers. Mm. Like, you know, if Stephen Mollop doesn't kick six goals, then, you know, they don't they yeah. don't win. Or they're not a chance to win. So Or they move Simpson in the rucks, and then, which yep. I think is an okay move, but they have no one else down there. Yep. Um, but, yeah, Stevie had his 12 touches and carrying that injury and just want to see him get through this week and then um, freshen up for the break, I'd say. But Southern Districts... Um, no Matt Dennis, and they've got that Luke Smith who's moved up from Geelong VFL. There's a few Geelong VFL boys running around this year. Um, but Luke Smith's been pretty good for them. Um, Ronnie Fijo's really starting to hit some form yeah. as well, mate, as one of those young players, isn't he? Yeah, mate, and I think he's starting to enjoy his footy again. I think mm. that's what he spoke about when we had him on the show a couple of weeks about he wasn't too concerned about numbers and goals and, you know, the drafts and all that um, mm. that he missed out on last year. I think he just wanted to enjoy his footy again. I think he, he's doing that at Southern Districts, and that's what you want from any any player that's playing footy. It, you don't want it to be a chore. You you turn up and play footy because you enjoy it, and you you want you can't wait to the weekend. Like yeah. It's, it's a, the best two hours of, of your um, week almost. Well, that's how I used to feel when I played footy, and I still do look forward to playing footy on the weekends because it's, it's what we love. Yeah, would you definitely have him in that rep squad then? I yeah, did have definitely, him in my mate. 35. Definitely, and that's one of those games where if you do have AFL recruiters tuning in, which you most likely would, you know, if they see him, you know, play really good against a waffle side, then, you know, because you look at some of those Richmond Tiger players, some of them missed out on two or three drafts. Um, you know, they go on to be three, three-time three premiership players. Um, young Baker and um, I forget the other one's name, but Xavier mentioned it to me the other day and... Um, you know, so yeah. for young blokes like um, Fijo, there's there's still a chance. Like you, you still, I reckon up to about 24, 25, you're still a chance to be drafted these days. So you yeah, know, when I um, enjoy your footy again, and you know, if you get a chance in this rep side, to turn it on. Yeah, well, when I actually coached um, in a premiership year, I thought Ronnie Fijo was the best player in the comp, and um, what got me was he just didn't rotate through the midfield much. He yep. I like rotate out. So then we were able to like sort of work him work over, him over yep. but yeah, he was very good. And then at Thunder level as well, when I was there um, coaching, his skills, he had some really good skills and those skills have developed. I'd like to see him go down south again, back himself in and uh, have a crack. Um, yeah, I've seen Michael Bowden as well on Sunday. Uh, he was looking at uh, Christmas lights and <laughs> come by and had a yarn and uh, yeah, good to have a yarn to him. Um, Buffaloes and Waratahs. So this game was looking like the win that Buffaloes needed. Um, they were up by 18 points. Um... At the, start, well, at the start of the third, they got that goal. Um, probably 30 seconds in. So that was Jared Stokes, I believe, running through the midfield. Had about 20 metres. No one else near him. That, just a few poor decisions and skill errors cost him in the end. Um, a bit, an ability to uh, go with those key forwards um, in hope. And then obviously Magro is a small. Um, both both those guys kick four each. Carlin and Morris, very good again. Um, as well as uh, Dill Collis at halfback. Setting up all their uh, play. Mitch Robinson led the disposals for buffs um, and also was very good in the clearances, but Jared Stokes was best on ground with four goals. Um, From the middle as well, in a losing side, he looks like one that's probably going to feature in the SEN top end soon. Yeah, mate. um, Like I said, he he has caused a bit of um, conversation on on Jackson's page with the top Mm. end. um, You know, it's good good to see him finding some form. Um, And I, I actually... I was excited to see that score from Buffaloes, and I thought that well, this is a win they needed to bounce back from, because everyone expected them to go a lot better against St Mary's. Um, mm. So, good on them for bouncing back. Um, just fell a couple of goals short, but you know that that's showing their quality side and they're thereabouts. And like you said, that top four or five, 
um, and, and definitely should be playing finals if they keep up their form. Yeah, well, if, you, if you're going to do some footy mass, so, Raph, um, yeah, if you're going to do some footy mass around that, we can touch on that after the break, just with regards to Buffs, Tars and St. Mary's. Yep. Um, and Tars seem to be a lot more... Um, a lot more off- offensive this year. We were they were doing a full ground press last year, um, a zone, and St Mary's got through it a few times. And now they seem to be put trying to be a bit more um, scoring, scoring yeah. a bit more like Chris Scott. Our yeah, Chris yeah. Scott changed the cats. Maybe that was some of the inspiration for Ryan Ayers. After the break, guys, I'll just touch on some footy mass, and we've got to go through the Pints versus Palmerston game. Stay tuned on SEN Fridays in the top end. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin, we will love your listing. Welcome back to SEN Fridays in the top end. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin. Uh, okay, so we we're just talking a bit, Raph, about those game reviews. Um, very interestingly, Buffs aren't too far off it, are they? But St. Mary's beaten by 28 points. Waratah's beaten by 22. Um, so we're back-to-back weeks. Obviously, teams do change, and you're not going to have your best side or a different side, or Buffs could have been weaker or stronger, and Saints could have been weaker or stronger. But that early footy mass there just shows how close St. Mary's and Waratah's are going to be, I reckon. Yeah, mate. Um and like we said, we mentioned Buffaloes as well. It's and mm. that's the best thing I like about this year that that so even the competition. Um, in previous years, you've had your two or three standouts or four teams stand out, and then it's a race for those top two spots. Or at the moment, mm. you could still, you know, from from two to five, it's still up in the air if, if teams get a bit of a roll on. Um, yeah, and it's only Saints and Waratahs like you mentioned yeah. that might be fighting for that number one spot. But I don't think anyone's going to catch the Tars because of their, their early season form. No, and this week's game does shape as an important one, um, both for both clubs, for Waratahs, Saints, St Mary's, and, and Nycliffe as well, which we can touch on later as well, Raph. Yep. Um, Pints versus Palmerston, um, 77 to 30. This was a surprise. Um, Neil with four goals. McMahon really good off uh, running off half back again. I think he had like 27, 28 disposals. Um, he's the Robin with Paddy Doyle being the Batman. Yep. Palmy disappointing, but have the, you know have the runs on the board. If they would have won that game, they would have went to second. So you can't sort of um, knock them too much. As we discussed, back to the bench was really good again with 35 disposals, um, and a few of those laid outs did cost Palmy, didn't it? Yeah, definitely, mate. And um, whether our chat last week in terms of. Um the fly-ins and the point system and all that. Um, I don't know whether, I'm not saying we scared Palmerston and they changed their team, but um, I think they know, they know the rules all along, mate. And, um, you know, it, I'd expected it a lot better. Um, when I seen that quarter-time score, I think it was a five-goal zip at quarter-time. It, it was definitely a, a shock. Um, yep. But like we said, pints are always going to come. So it doesn't matter if you have a good side or a bad side in. If you're not ready to play pints, um, you know, even them, they're upsetting um, Saints to get their first win of the season. I thought Saints' side was mm. actually pretty good that weekend, but whether they came in and took pines slightly, which um, some teams might um, be forgetting about, um, you can't. I can't afford to take pines slightly anymore this season. Um, yeah, that's very consistent side. Three out of four wins at home. Um, if so, there's no doubt that they're probably the fifth. Five, six best side in the comp right now. If I was them, I'd be trying to get the four best sides from this year at home next year yep. because they've got a significant um, advantage at home. That would really help lock in their top five. Definitely, mate. Um, so after the break as well, um, don't know if it's after this break, maybe the next break, but we will have an SEN Top End 10 player on the radio with us, Raph. Pretty, pretty exciting. Yes. So stay tuned, guys. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin. We will love your listing. Welcome back to SEN Fridays in the Top End. Thanks to Rain and Horn Dale, and we will love your listing. So, Raf, um, we've just gone through the results, and the actual live ladder reads, we know we've done the uh, ladder before, but that was my predictor. So we've got Tars 28, Districts 26, Saints 24, that's points. 
Palmy 22, Buffs 18, Pints 14, Nycliffe 12, Wanderers 12, and Tiwi 4. Um, obviously, Nycliffe and Wanderers are the big surprises there on that um, progressive ladder, isn't it? Yeah, definitely, mate. Um, especially the way they started the year, Nycliffe. Um, and you had them ranked pretty highly in your in your oh, rankings. Um, but what's it been? Four losses in a row and now in a bye. So yep. they, they definitely need to bounce back this week. And I think you mentioned earlier um, that they've got some players coming in this week. So... Yeah, yeah, they definitely it'd do. Be, um, it'd be an interesting weekend of footy, especially um, you know one and or two and three playing each other. So you know we'll talk about that soon in our um, game re- previews. And you know St Mary's can can move the second if they beat um, districts at home. Yeah, definitely. And though probably Southern districts could be the surprise of that, but I sort of did have them coming into the top three, um, and now they're sitting second. Um, obviously Shannon Rusk has done some heavy recruiting. Um, and, yeah, he's sitting pretty now in second. Um, and then you've got Palmy, who have promised a lot over the last few years, but they're sort of delivered. They're sitting fourth. They've got enough, they've got enough wins on the board now to hold, um, but they've really got to win this week, don't they, Palmy? Yeah, definitely. They've got to bounce back, mate. Um, so after the break, guys, we're going to have a talk to an SEN top-end 10. He's moved into the top five. He's moved into the top three. We're getting closer. Uh, only one and a half, two, maybe three minutes, and we'll get the great man on. Thanks, guys. Listen to SEN Fridays in the top end. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin. Welcome back to Rain and Horn Darwin. Thanks to SEN here. Uh, Pints versus Tiwi, Raf, 3 p.m. game at DXC Arena, uh, the, also known as the Green Ant Hill. Um, Pints will uh, Pints win this. They go to the top five, believe it or not, um, because Buffs do have the bye. So Buffs are sitting on 18. Oh, no, that's not correct. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Pints, oh, no, it could be on points, actually, yeah. So Pints could go into fifth spot. With a, a good win over Tiwi here, um, obviously we just did discuss Pints how they've got some solid chemistry within the group. I don't think they're flying in too many blokes. They're only they're sticking with what they've got a bit. Um, Doyle, McMahon, and the like have been good. Um, Pints starting to get a strong home ground advantage at the end here, like we spoke about. Yeah, definitely. Um, it'd be good to see Tiwi go against them. Um, you know, especially their performance last week, like you said, but not many mm. senior players. Munkar was back in and back to his brilliant best. Um, but yeah, like you're saying, Pints, having that strong group together and always playing together every week, it, it definitely um, has its advantages and that makes your team on the same page every week, not having your three or four fly-ins and four or five changes every week. So um, I'm back in Pints for that one. Sorry, Tiwi boys, but I, I love the way you're playing footy, Tiwi, and it's good to see you putting up with some good good efforts and scores. Yeah, I've, I've got Pints by seven goals in that one. I just think Pints at DXC is going to be really hard to beat. Um, so I'm backing them in. Um, I think we do have Dill Land on the line now, um, the SEN top end player in the top end ten. Dill, you there, mate? Yeah, I'm here. Hey, how you going? Yeah, good, brother. Good. You're with Robbie Haley and Raf Clark. Um, so let's just talk us through, mate. How did you originally get to St Mary's in the first place? Um, yeah, so it was a couple of seasons ago. Now um, I was just plotting away in Melbourne during COVID times, and it was my brother that came up with the idea. He sent me a message just one day at work saying, are oh, you keen to play footy in Darwin? And at the, at the time, I didn't really think much of it. Just carried on at work. And then really that um, that night, I got home from work and booked the flights to come up to Darwin without really having a team or anything. So we just booked flights. And then kind of as that progressed, Saints got in contact with us. And um, a couple of weeks later, we are in quarantine. So it all happened pretty quickly, but um, glad we did it. Yeah, and you're looking to relocate to the Territory and stay here for a while now, mate? Yeah, that's the plan, yeah. So, 
um, yeah, I'm stuck here now. So, um, yeah, I'll be staying put over the dry season and get to experience the uh, territory lifestyle a bit more. So, you know, I'm pretty keen for that. Yeah, how? because um, you did go to Glenelg the year before last. How was it um, being at the uh, Tigers there and uh, coached by Brett Hand, who is a St. Mary's Premiership coach as well? Yeah, yeah. So I spent a year in Adelaide at Glenelg and, um, yeah, really enjoyed my time there. Um, we had a pretty pretty good team and um, had a pretty successful year except for going down in the grand final. But, um, yeah, it's a really good competition down there. Um, yeah, plenty of support. You get a few thousand people there each game and the atmosphere is pretty pretty electric. So, no, I really liked my time there and uh, would have been good if we got over the line in the grand final. But, yeah, coached by Handy, who... I think he's not coaching there next year, but um, we got along really well and, yeah, got that St. Mary's connection, so he keeps in, keeps in contact with me. Yeah, I was um, coached by Brett Ann a few times. Yeah, very good bloke. Um, how, how was your uh, season with Essendon VFL? Um, oh, it wasn't too bad. Probably wasn't the year I was planning. Um, played the first 10, 10 kind of games there. Um, and then I think I was kind of fatigued from playing back-to-back seasons and kind of lost the lost the interest in, of playing VFL footy. So after the first 10 games or so there, I went back and played just some local footy in Country Vic and, um, yeah, spent the last half of the year just playing country footy and enjoyed that. And it was just good just playing around, playing without the, the pressure of the higher level stuff. So, um, but, yeah, I enjoyed my time there. It was, I, I spent some time there a few years ago. Um, they were keen to get me back. So spent another year there. Um, but yeah, I end up just spending the rest of the season just playing country footy. Yeah. Um, so, Dill, you guys are back on the winning streak now. I think it's four or five wins in a row. You were struggling at the start of the year, um, but you guys seem to be back on track now. Um, were you at all worried as like one of the sort of leaders in the group, you and Nate and those guys? Were you at all worried with how the yeah. season was starting? Yeah, it wasn't a great start. Obviously, we got, we got our pants pulled down a little bit in round one, but... Um, no, I wasn't. I wouldn't say I was worried. Um, obviously, it's not great to perform like we did in the first couple of rounds, but in the back of my mind, we knew that there was there was more players coming back into the side, and it wasn't our our full strength side. So we, we kind of got some games in the blokes who who wouldn't necessarily be regulars in the team and get that experience into them. So it was always it was a bad start, but at least we got some games in the young blokes, um, and we knew we had that reinforcements coming. So finally got those players on the park now and. Getting getting some solid wins on the board and a um, bit of consistency with our team that we're putting out. So it helps when you've got the, the class players coming into the team. Um, and, yeah, four or five in the row. But we've got a big test this week against Crocs down there. So yeah. it be, should be a good game. Yeah, looking forward to this week, Dill. Um, and, uh, mate, just um, your time at St. Mary's, what's um, what's been the, your favourite thing about playing footy up here for St. Mary's? Is it... You know the the footy itself. You'd be able to win a premiership now, and you know uh, what 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 do you enjoy most, mate? Um, yeah. Um, well, I've loved my time here so far, first three years, and I guess the premiership last year was was pretty thick. Um, um, to you know be a part of that club who's won a flag at Saints, and obviously we've had a pretty successful seventy years. So to be a part of that was pretty special. But I think just the the environment at the club and the family feel down there and I think just that, that atmosphere that we create at the club and the lifestyle is probably what I enjoy most, just playing footy, having fun and then getting back to the club and just sitting around and um, 
yeah, just that family environment, I reckon, is probably the best thing that you'll get at Saints, and you probably won't get at too many other clubs. Yeah. Um, also, Dil, it's you moved into the uh, number two spot in the SEN top ten, mate. Closing in on uh, Brody Philo there, so congratulations with that. Uh, you must be wrapped with that. <laughs> oh, thanks for that. Yeah, it's uh, moving up the list. I think you had me at 38 a few weeks ago, so I'm starting, <laughs> starting to move, starting to move up, which is which is good. But um, yeah, obviously you don't play footy for those individual stuff, but obviously recognition's always. You always take recognition when, when it's given, so, no, nah, it's good. Yeah, and a player that's impressed me for you guys is Matty Green. Um, it looked like you sort of missed him a tad on the weekend, but the Wiz and yeah. uh, Jellyman Turner did help out in that back half, and obviously you helped yourself with 40 disposals. Um, how good is Matty Green, Do you and how highly do you oh. sort of rate him? Yeah, he's a superstar. He's um, unbelievable. You don't really get those players who are, who are so good one-on-one and against key backs and then can rebound like, like he does and the skills and the poise that he's got. Um, yeah, no, he's a, he's a genuine superstar and um, no doubt that he could play high-level footy if he if he had the time and, and if that's what he wanted to do. But, yeah, just the class that he's got for, for a big fella, but also his defensive stuff. You don't really get those type of players. So, um, yeah. yeah, hopefully he's back this week. I think he is back this week. So, yeah, we definitely miss him when he's, when he's out there and, um, yeah, really important for us in that back tick. Yeah, he's, he's got some really elite voice, and I really hope he's in the NT rep side as well. Um, just one last question as well, mate, just before uh, we let you go. What, what's your plans today? You're helping your brother-in-law with his uh, move into his new uh, pad there? <laughs> yeah, I, I did hear about it this morning when I was getting to work that I might have to go help him. Um, I'll see how I go after work. Um, if he shouts me dinner, then I, then, I might, then I might think about it. But, yeah, it's always, nah. there's always something to do. So, yeah, we'll see how we go. I think you better leave it, mate. It's a top of the table clash almost, so yeah, you need yeah. to save those hamstrings and we need yeah. to for yeah, the weekend, told, so yeah, you can told, use that excuse. Yeah, yeah he told me there's anyway. going to be some... Yeah, he told me there's going to be some beers and pizza on and all that, and I said, yeah, no worries, let me know what time the beer and pizzas are on and I'll be there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah, thanks for the chat anyway, Dylan. Uh, best of luck for tomorrow. No worries, lad. Cheers, Dylan. Thank you. So that was Dylan Lant there, uh, number two ranked number two. on the uh, SCN Top End 10. Um, I feel a bit, uh, bit honoured this morning, joined by number two. We haven't had too many Top End 10s in, in yeah. a chat, so no. thanks, Dylan, once again for joining Friday us. Good to one day, but uh, that'll be a target of ours. Um, after the break, guys, we need to touch on the three games remaining for the previews. I'm going to touch on some women's Premier League results, an upset as well with uh, the Buffets getting over Waratahs last week. Stay tuned, guys. The TSCN Fridays in the top end. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin. We will love your listing. Welcome back to Rain and Horn Darwin, SEN Fridays in the top end. Now it's time for the Rain and Horn segment. Raf, we've got a few pop properties here to go through. Property 1, 58.5. Kodona Court, Darwin City. This is a two-bedroom, two-bathroom apartment. If you're searching for minimal maintenance, easy-to-care-for apartment, consider viewing this cosy two-bedroom delight as it's priced to sell and it will not last long. This gorgeous two-bedroom apartment has all the requirements for, for sophisticated buyers living in a highly sought-after complex with harbour views to enjoy. Lifestyle and convenience are why owners and tenants alike flock to this popular address right in the heart of Darwin City. The abundance of natural... Fl- uh, light fly- flows seamlessly throughout the wide open space of the open plan living and dining areas, offering the property a spacious feel with air conditioning, ceiling fans and cool durable tiles throughout. 
You'll be appreci- you'll appreciate the large wraparound style kitchen design overlooking the living and dining areas. The undercover balcony with sweeping views over the harbour and across the city creates the perfect place to enjoy the cool nights and sea breezes with family and friends. With cafes and bars just around the corner, shops a stone throw away and other conveniences easily accessible via the numerous public transport options, you'll preach everything about this apartment has to offer. Offers over 450000 Come have a look. And it's uh, Saturday this week at 10am till 10.15am. Sounds very nice, Rob. Uh, Sounds good. Property 2 is uh, 26 Fitzmaurice Drive in Leanya, mate. It's a three-bedroom, one-bathroom house. This three-bedroom property is situated in a quiet street nearby to parks, schools and shopping centres. And it is complete with a family bathroom, spacious kitchen, timbered entertaining deck and a large in-ground pool. Yep. The house is perfect for those not, in, not wanting to compromise on size, space or location. Upon entry to the home, you will find spacious living room offers plenty of space for relaxing or entertaining guests and a durable tiled floor. Air conditioning ceiling fans throughout. Lined with windows which bring in natural light and f- fresh breezes, cooling you down during down to tropical summer. Fitted with a large air conditioner for those hotter days, the living room will be a hit for the family, mate. This is a separate dining overlooking the kitchen with a sliding door accessory to the undercover deck. The property boasts three generous sized bedrooms and captures abundant natural light. Two of the bedrooms feature built in wardrobes, whilst air conditioning and ceiling fans are all in all three bedrooms for extra comfort. The family bathroom features a mirrored vanity and a cupboard space, large glass screen corner shower screen, and a full size bath, mate, to relax in and in on off the day. Um, there's also a separate toilet for convenience and internal laundry with built-in cupboards also offers access to the deck, decking area. Additional linen cupboard is situated in the hallway for convenience. Offers of 575 and over open this Saturday from 11.15 to 11.45. So some nice properties there, Robert, yeah. for those in, in the property market, especially that first one, that um, nice little apartment in the Kadona. city. Yeah, Sounds Kadona like some pretty nice views there, mate, of the harbour if you like looking at the border. Yeah, and get there and uh, it should be on the website as well. Um, so Wanderers versus Palmerston this week, Raph. We've got some games to quickly preview before we uh, sign off today at 9 o'clock. Uh, both sides are desperate for a win before the Christmas break. Um, Palmy has named a strong side, though. It's a lot stronger than last week and Palmy have the bye next week and so they've got a three-week break after this one and they do look like they have a few players that are carrying injuries that need the break. Yeah, definitely, mate. And uh, they definitely need to bounce back. So to, to make we, we sort of not knocked them, but um, mm. you know, with the big loss that no one sort of expected, they sort of need to bounce back. And they've been consistent. It keeps them in that top three if they get a win. But um, yeah, I think I'm. Yeah, I'll, mm. I'll think I'll still lean towards Palmerston, mate. Yeah, I've got Palmy, four or five goals. St. Mary's versus Southern Districts. This is a very good matchup. Um, this is the last time they play each other as well before finals, mate. So this is going to be, um, what's that? That's probably, yeah, a couple of months. So three months, maybe, that last time they play each other. And Fowler and Green are back in for the Saints. And Matty Dennis is in back in for Districts this week um, after missing last week. Yeah, it's, it's going to be... Uh Probably the match of the round, and um, or there's a couple of oh, matches close, of the round, yeah. mate. Yeah, but yeah, I, I yeah, it'll be see uh, uh, St Mary's go against some quality opposition again, and um, yeah, it'll be it'll be definitely a good one to head down to at the Fred's Pass, there, mate. And districts are hard to beat at home, so. Uh, but Palmerston yeah. did it a couple of weeks ago. Um, so if Saints are keen and, and want to get that second spot, mate, that's up for grabs. This is the one they need. Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm sort of leaning towards districts here. I'm going to factor in a home ground advantage. 
Um, and the, and the strong win last week against yeah. uh, against Wanderers was pretty solid. And then Matt Dennis back in. Matt Dennis versus Smith. Yeah. Seems like the matchup um, of the round, doesn't it? Doesn't those it? two. Yeah. But I reckon I'm, I'm going to go Crocs by one or two goals. What yeah, you? mate. I, I've you're probably convincing me there, <laughs> Matty Dennison. But um, it, it'll go right down to the wire. And if Districts win, it'll be a close one. If Saints win, it'll be a four goal win. Well, I've, uh, I've always, there's been a few times when Saints have gone out there and I've thought districts are going to win and Saints have just smashed them. Yeah. I don't think that'll happen, but I think Saints are, you know, I don't, yeah, they're going to be a tough side to beat for the remainder of the year, aren't they? Yep. Um, so Waratahs and Nightcliffe, mate. Look, Tars are three from three at Gardens with four games to go after this, uh, no, this round and uh, three more. So they've got four games at Gardens. They're sitting pretty. I, I do think they're going to be the minor premiers. Um, so Tigers really need to stop their corridor ball use through Collis and um, Adam Gordon's back in. Yep. Um, his brother um, is at the Swans, Gordon. Um, so the matchups on those guys, Darcy Hope and Cullen, um, Carlin are in very good form. Um, and Nathan Brown shut down Jaden Magro last time. And Tigers, this was their last win, was against uh, Waratahs right. four or five weeks go. ago, mate. So Tigers do match up well with them. Um, and I know Tigers do know how Waratahs play through their analysis. So yep. it'll be interesting to see if they can stop that. Yeah, and it, and it definitely is a must-win game for Nightcliff, like we mentioned oh, yeah. earlier in the show, mate. If they don't win this one, it's going to be hard for them to finish in that top three or four. Mm. So. Well, I did a ladder predictor as well, Raf, and I had Waratahs winning this game, but I still had Nightcliff winning enough in the back end of the season to finish fifth. Yep. Um, so they they don't worry about the power ranking. Um, they can probably push into that five, but... Unless, you know, it's very hard to win it from yeah, four or five, isn't definitely. it? But I'll, I'm leaning towards Waratahs in this one, mate, by about four, got four goals. Yeah, I'm going with Tars by four or five goals as well, I reckon. Um, a, a good effort from Nycliffe wouldn't surprise me. And on paper, they've probably got a good... Not, you know, one good of their, side named, yeah. Probably their, very best, their best side of the year, maybe, name, maybe. But I just think the chemistry, um, yeah, and it's make or break for them. <laughs> Waratahs wouldn't want to lose to them twice in the, in the one year, mate. So they'd, they'd be um, ready for a good one. Yeah, I reckon so also. Um, oh, yeah, I, I, I'm strong with Tars on that one, but a Nycliffe win at Gardens would not surprise. Yep. Um, so let's touch on some women's football results. Uh, Tiwi beat... Uh, Tiwi lost to St. Mary's, 26-72. to Rhiannon Bush and Ellie Hardwick were good for the Tiwi Bombers. Macy Brown, um, one of the new recruits for Saints, was good. Yep. Joe Miller, good. And Armstrong, who the uh, Alice Springs girl, was good as well. Wanderers uh, lost to Southern Districts, 1-85. to Lexi Cagney was good. Um... Uh, you know, for the Eagles and Lucia uh, was very good for Southern Districts, kick three, and Izzy Boyle um, they gave best on to. Uh, Pints and Palmy, um, Palmy thought they were going to get blown out of the water, and they, 8 to 83, they probably did, but it was a pretty good effort. Tabby May was good for the uh, Maggies. Jala Hunt, she's been, you know, in the best players very often for Pints, and Casey Morris helped herself to four sausage rolls. Buffett's get the win of the round um, that they needed. Beaten Waratahs twenty-eight to twenty. Um, the win that Buffs needed. Tex Perkins was best on with Taylor Hardalooney, who's a very good player. And uh, uh, Waratahs that's struggling a bit with a few play, uh, key players out. Sharona Bishop kicking two goals. Yeah, and it's um, it's it's a good response from Buffaloes because uh, they really set themselves for the St Mary's game last week, and mm-hmm. you know losing to Saints and the bounce back. So Mel Taylor's got the Gills back on track. Um, you know, reigning premiers. So. Mm. Um, that, they're, they're looking looking to be thereabouts again, Buffaloes, with those other two, uh, three sides, Saints, Tars and um, Pints. Yeah, well, it puts them definitely back in that finals race, doesn't it, Buffs? But they'll want to be finishing top three. And Mel Taylor is the NTFL um, rep coach this year. There you go. Um, 
after winning the premiership. She knows her footy, that's for sure. Um, yes, after winning the premiership, she gets that option. So some games for the women's footy. Pints are versus Tiwi at DXC, DXC Arena. I think Pints are too strong in that one. I'm tipping Pints. Yeah, Pints. Uh, Southern Districts versus Saints out at Norbuilt. This is a risky game for the Saints, 2 p.m. Um, so it's going to be very hot out at Norbuilt. Yeah, I think definitely. it sort of feels like the hottest oval. Yeah, the heat wave this weekend as well. Oh, so yeah, it's not ideal. Had, um, extra long breaks. And so get your water in, everyone playing this weekend, and plenty of sunscreen. Yeah, and coaches, make sure you rotate your players. Yeah, that's a hard one to pick, mate. But I think the Saints girls have found some form and they're really starting to gel. So I think I'll lean towards the Saints ladies that one and if they win this as well Raf, they'll put them two games clear of Buffett's um, and, and in that third spot yeah perfect um, or they could go to second if That'd Tars lose yep. T- match of the round would be Tars versus Nycliffe um, in the women's 4pm at Gardens that one it's a must win if for the top three chances Nycliffe are slipping a tad they're at fifth now on the ladder equal with Tiwi who are on six uh, six but same on 16 points yep um, but I'm, oh, I'm thinking Tars, but Tars, Tars will need yeah. to get some girls back, though. Yeah, Tars will bounce back, I think, from a, a lot, an unexpected loss. So I'll, I'll back Tars in that one. Yeah, they need their skipper um, back in. Um, and they've also got a young girl who's very good, Annabelle uh, Kivit. I think, her, how do you say her last yep. name? Um, she's a draft chance. Um, she didn't play as well. And Wanderers versus Palmy. So you've got two of like, the younger developing sides at TIO Stadium, 5 p.m. I've got Palmy winning this. Palmy, yeah, I'll lean towards Palmy. They just look like the younger and fitter side at the moment. Um, so that's all the games for the women's football, Ralph. We've covered everything today. We've had a great show. Yeah, mate. What are your um, plans for the weekend? Well, when are you I've playing? I've actually put a couple of tips. Oh, not tips, but a couple of bets Bet on safe? the World Cup, mate. I've, oh, I've yeah. gone into a, um, a bit of a multi so so, you know, quarterfinals start tonight. Everyone loves the world game. Um, Brazil, Croatia um, tonight, as well as Argentina and Netherlands. And then the, tomorrow night will be Portugal, Morocco, and England versus France. So, yeah, definitely the top four, five teams that are normally the strongest in the world in, in those top four, um, four, um, spots in the previous World Cup. So Brazil, your Argentinas, and your Portugals. I'm going to watch a couple of those games, mate, as well as our game on Sunday. How about mm-hmm. yourself? I'm going to go out and I've got the commentary game with the old man, Southern District, St. Mary's. So looking forward to getting oh, yeah, out there and watching that one. Yep. Um, so, yeah, everyone tune in. That should be um, one of the matches of the round, maybe with the Waratah-Nycliffe game as well, yeah, mate. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that'll be my plans. I've got to go help uh, Anthony Long move into his new yeah, house. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll get there at the end and have a beer. And yeah, I'll get there. Yeah, I'll be uh, blisters, yeah. mate. Show up when the work's got a, done. got a couple of work Christmas parties as well, mate. So... Yeah, yep, I'll go on today. Everyone, thanks for listening today, guys. You're listening to SEN Fridays in the Top End. Thanks to Randall Horn Darwin. Thanks for joining us.